you to finish your dark chocolate, I'm masticating, aren't I? Yes. This is the multi-sport podcast for triathletes, duathletes, sporty riders, road racers, time trialists, runners, mountain bikers and fitness enthusiasts. Supported by No Pins, the revolutionary number attachment system. See them on Facebook and Twitter. Whatever your distance and whatever your event, this podcast aims to make you smarter and faster. Right, that was a fairly good start. Well, should, should we, do, you want, do you want to do it again? Should we do it again? No. Welcome to the 129th JBST.com Smartcast. I'm Coach Joe Beer, and I'm joined once again by Southport Racing's Martin Crocker. They can't see you're proudly raising your... That was a fist pump. It was a fist pump, was yeah. it? Okay, fair ready. enough. Good evening, good morning, good, good afternoon to everybody. Good evening, because there's a blackbird in the background just outside the office. They are giving his, giving his, um, his, uh, uh, his nighttime... His chorus of approval. Oh, there we go. Brilliant, I love that. Thank you for your um, recent reviews. We've got two of them. Um, have you got them? Or have I got them? I've got them. There we go. I'll go in chronological order. Oh, chronological order. First one, uh, this is this is 6th of May, and it was from Scott Westwood, and he headed it, Valuable Information in Every Episode. And he says, quote, I have listened to this podcast for a number of years and always look forward to the next episode coming out. Every episode has at least one nugget of information that I find useful. That's good. We've got at least one nugget of information. <laughs> Whether it's equipment, nutrition or fitness advice that you are looking for, you'll find it all here. That's lovely. Thank you, Scott. Thank that's, you, Scott. That's cracking. Yeah. Um, have you got the other one? Yes, I have one by Rushmere Runner. Uh, and it says, great training advice for those interested in those snippets that will make you think. It says, I'm still listening to Joe and Crocker six years after I discovered it. And now I'm a seasoned triathlete time trialer. I always take one thing away, be it kit training, um, be it kit training and mental tips from each episode. Plus, if I'm not listening, then the competition are. That was a good point. I have been trained by Joe, but now I'm doing it alone, but still keep in touch via the podcast. Thanks, Joe. Keep it going. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And I was trying to work out who that is. It's re it's really it's got me thinking. I'm thinking, who lives near Rushmere? But whoever you are, I think I know who you are. Uh, actually, we, know we know are. who you are. Uh, <laughs> we know where you live. Um, so that's very nice. Thank you very much. Thanks, um, it's good. It's good to get questions, feedback. Um, it's good to get things that you know people suggest. And if you have got a suggestion on a particular topic, um, we can always put our input in. But it'd be nice to answer the questions or the queries because. I think it's just constant, the queries and questions and you sit down with somebody and they talk about things and even when they know it, they, they want to be, you know, they want to be sure that yeah. what they're doing is right. And also sometimes things change a bit and if it changes, you, you have to, you can't go around everybody you've ever talked to about, I don't know, you talk to them about, you know, how to set up gears and say, oh no, but the electronic is different. You don't start at the bottom, you start in the middle and you do this or this. Do you know what I mean? There's all these changes that i think it's nice even if somebody says oh i can remember three years ago did such and such has that changed or what do you think or were you right or were you wrong yeah yeah, uh, yeah. because 
if you assume that you're always right, you won't change your methods to necessarily go with the flow. And there is and are increasing experts that in specific fields, they're the they're the daddy. They know what it is in I don't know in running mechanics or in um, in gut in gut function in I don't know biomechanics whatever it is there's always somebody that comes along that can add to the equation but I think the bigger picture is to try and keep juggling that and I think it'd be really good to get somebody that's heard something previously ask us again because we might have to go oh did we say that oh okay yeah we've 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 we've, we've not we've not altered that dramatically but I would say it's this or this because I rarely would say that anything somebody says automatically is turned upside down unless they're actually pumping something out there that's meant to be controversial and says you don't have to do all that endurance work you just do super hard intervals you know two days a week which yeah. is which is only meant to create um people um talking a topic about of conversation it, yeah. and it's not actually true yeah no, but but the the, the the good thing about being with with coaching i guess is progression you know things progress but you don't change your fundamentals overnight just because someone might have said something no. you know you you need hard cold evidence and then when that comes through you take it with a pinch of salt or you keep yeah. hold of it yeah. you keep it a yeah. bit of a secret yeah. and then you kind of change your angle coming from the information yeah. you know sound information yeah. that you get which is brings me on to something i was going to wait till the end of the episode but on the jbst.com website there's a um there's a a four box like set of things that change each month and the left hand one is from the archive and it is a pdf of an l-carnitine loading article from um way 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 back in the early 90s and it's a it's a picture of the mitochondria so basically the aerobic engine in the muscle and that, does that really make you laugh no the fact that i looked at it and thought why is joe got a baby in a cot because <laughs> i can only see it from this angle so yeah. like a and baby it, in a everyone cot? just go to it and have a look and you can see what you can see how how crocker's brain works but no i know what you're on about but that that article is something that um at the time that I wrote that for 220, there wasn't the evidence that athletes were reporting and saying, this is happening, this is happening, this is great. And so a lot of people were very sceptical, but the ones that were using it correctly went, no, this is not this is no, this is no like, um, you know, kind of massive placebo. And the work has been transformed approximately three to four years ago with a series of studies by some of the best um, sports scientist people and their their methods in which they gradually broke the problem down and proved that you can load on L-carnitine and the benefits are there and they measured not only the amounts that could be pushed into the muscle but how it did change in the metabolism and how it could affect performance. So they measured all the things that people had reported but actually were able to measure it scientifically and that's an example where the knowledge and the use by athletes was ahead of the actual absolute scientific data but there was enough people of a pedigree and of a um, ability to weed out the wheat from the chaff that said, no, this works. And these little hotbeds of people using it know it works. It's just the science hasn't caught up. Yeah. And everybody yeah. that isn't seeing it work 
they're doing something different and now we know why they were seeing a, a different effect um, to do with the use of carbohydrate or not carbohydrate but that's one of the examples where you can go back and say great that wasn't turned on its head now it wasn't wrong yeah and everyone that said that no it doesn't work actually has got to swallow their words and say no it did and if you look at the current data it's phenomenal what it does but then the people that were reporting really good things were almost seen as being oh well it's just because you've got you know somebody's given you some of that you're sponsored by them of course you'd say that but meanwhile they're going no this stuff works and i know it does and and it's and it's to the extent that um we don't know what well we do know we do know why we do know how but we're not quite sure why yeah. it works yeah. for some people and not others and that that pdf is there that you can click onto but also through the um downloads page you can actually find there's parts one two and three and if you're if you're interested in that or just to see that look this was this was out of 220 precisely 22 years ago and it was there written with the science and with the anecdotes from athletes in the UK, in the south of France, Australians racing in France, that it was all there, but we just didn't know quite why it was working ahead of what the science said. Yeah. And um, and it's quite good because I think we have to eventually mix the experience, the science, and allow time to progress. We can't say, no, we know it all now. We've got to let things sometimes find themselves out. That's what I'm saying to you, for kind of a bit more of a, a mark of a better athlete, um, you know, better coaching uh, methods, etc., etc. I think you have to accept that things change, the information changes, and you've just got to progress on with it. Because if you don't progress on with it, then you're, you kind of get left behind with it. Um, and if you get left behind, things don't improve, or you don't improve, um, and you know you tend to get a bit stale, and and that's when it all kind of gets a, a little bit funny. Then really, kind of yeah. goes a bit sour. And it's 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 always that these little bits of um, interval training research, or you know, such and such has brought out a new frame. Uh, this drill is used by a top runner. This wetsuit is meant to be quick. All, all these little things make little bits of difference. And definitely good athletes stack all those things in their favour. But it never does it for the athlete. Mm. So you should never look to supplement to find it just does it for you. Or that a bike is always going to take away all of the need to know how to ride the thing and handle the thing That's and it. push the yeah, pedals yeah, and yeah. work hard and stuff. It's just that these things get you to the line quicker. But nobody that gets to the line quicker... It's basically just sat there and, and neoprene, carbon fibre and EVA across the three sports of triathlon or just any one single sport. Somehow that's got them to the finish line all on their own. You know, you've still got a human at the centre of that. Yeah. And, and I think it's the slippery slope, which I think when you do quote stuff to do with our carnitine and bike tyres and stuff, people think that you're trying to say, I believe in the easy route. And therefore, this is the, this is doing it for you. But I don't. I believe I want people to get faster and I want people to work hard. But it's even better if you know that what you're doing is being maximised. That's it. Yeah, it's yeah. not doing it for you. I want somebody to be frothing at the mouth when they finish and say, I gave everything I could and I've just set a PB. And as we were just about to record this, we got a text and email through from somebody who just set a PB. And it's great because you think that person has put in hours of training 
They've put in a lot of work on their um, biking, on their bike technology, on their pace judgment, and they've got what wouldn't just happen by accident. No, but, but how many times have, have you said it? You know, it's the icing on the cake. You know, if you can justify spending £100 on a pair of tyres, you know, that £100 for those tyres basically has to be a hard-earned or a hard-earned, easy-spent 100 quid, really. Yeah. But you must be honest with yourself to turn around and go, I need these tyres because this is the next mm. little bit because mm. I've done all that training. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got this and I'm not giving away yeah. 20 seconds yeah. on a 10-mile yeah. TT. You know, yeah. I want I want what what I can get from this. Yeah. And, and, and today, today I set a guy up at, at South Fork um, for you and... Um, uh, He'd he'd come to a talk that I'd given to a tri club um, in Cornwall, and he said to me, um, he said, uh, "Yeah, I did that thing with the tyres." I said, "Yeah, you've you've got the you've got the sort of you know the tyre type brand that I uh, I recommended." He went, "Yeah," he said, "They were phenomenal." Mm. He said, "I wasn't entirely convinced, but everything else you'd said, <laughs> I was sort of convinced yeah, yeah. about." So I've tried it and. It works. I'd... And I thought, yeah, do you know what? It's it's easy for people to be sceptical that somehow um, me, other coaches, some magazines, even some shops have got this sort of, look, we'll sell the idiots anything they want just to hear that they're going to get better. Instead of saying, no, we've got solid evidence. It's pointless to be um, associated with just, you know, this this month's gimmick that in, in two in two months time you're going to be talking about an entirely different brand just because somebody's given you two two um boxes full of it you've got to be able to have a real solid standpoint and then you can say to people no this this is my best guess because i really want you to see what other people have done and if you do it i'm pretty certain it's going to help you it's not going to get you to the finish line by doing it for you but if it helps you, and if you then start realising that you can make informed choices, you then start really, I think, realising that the right choices give you confidence. Yeah. The wrong yeah, yeah, ones yeah. just, oh, I completely wasted money. They were complete rubbish. And, and, well, I just listened to the wrong person. And there are people not giving the right advice. And sometimes we all manage to um, get it wrong by the fact that um, either we don't necessarily realize that there is you know something just around the corner which there's always this incremental push forward that's right yeah. or somebody totally debunks it and you go oh actually we got that slightly wrong but most of the things you've got to take a few bits of data and go now this this is seeming to um you know the idea of, of, of twitter where things are trending i think it's a bit like that in sports science in coaching in in joint sports things start to trend and it's whether or not they're actually trending in a positive direction because of good reasons or whether sometimes there's a brand out there and the only reason why they're trending a lot is because they're throwing money at advertising yeah, and they're not necessarily a proven product. Give them two years and people will go, who? Yeah. What? Yeah, that's it. Oh. And I think a lot of the people that, that, that we... I mean, we're fortunate from our point of view because obviously we, we deal... Um, we deal. <laughs> we deal. <laughs> we, deal with, we deal with Joe. Um, but, you know, Joe's good enough to share advice with us, which helps us from a, from a point of view of trying to help the customers of being able to to promote this this kind of thing where you don't have to spend an absolute fortune but if you have the right equipment that is all right is good you know then you know you're 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 less likely to kind of 
be a bit sceptical when it comes to kind of, of, of asking questions or, or, or saying, you know, tyres, they're not going to make me faster, are they? Try them, you know, these, for instance, you know, the the, uh, the Corsa um, Evo CXs, for instance, yeah. um, you know, they're not cheap by any stretch of the imagination, but... I'm very sceptical when people go, oh, your tyres are me quick. And I was just, I th thought you were barking mental when you said to me, try, just try them, see you go. So I mm. bought a set, put them on, and I was just like, they are noticeably faster. Mm. And for me to have to kind of swallow my pride and go, oh, I'm going to have to go back to Joe and he's going to be smug and he's going <laughs> to no, prod, prod me in the chest and go, I told you, didn't I tell you? No, you know, and, and, you know, came back and then kind of told the customers just, just by explaining kind of, you know, just feelings. That's mm. all it was. And, you know, it was a crit race anyway, so mm. times are irrelevant pretty mm. much. But these things were just, like, super fast. Um, got a few of our, our other boys on on them, a few of our other customers on there as well. Um, and everybody coming back going, I thought you were thought you were pulling my leg about it. But, mm. you know, but, but then the next tyre comes along and then we have a look at the data again. And, you mm. know, Joe sometimes comes in and goes, well, just have a little look at, look at these or, or just have a try of these. And, and we'll test them ourselves. We buy our, you know, we buy the stuff we have in the shop to test it, yeah. to go, this is, this is what you yeah. need. You which, know? Is which is different because there are, um, we'll get on, we'll get onto some of the questions in a sec, but there are people that they're, their shop or their coaching experience or their blog or their magazine just tends to, you know, it's kind of, they'll just sort of throw a brand around that, you know, it's kind of the brand of the month um, or they're paying for advertising or, you know, they've got something new. It must be better. Not all new is better. There's no, plenty no. of things that come out and you can, you can actually say to people, keep away from that one. They've, you know, they've, they've, they've done a, um, you know, they've done a Nike Pegasus. They brought something out that's worse and they're going to have to go back into reverse gear to bring out something that was brilliant anyway. Yeah. And yeah. say, bring out the old one. It works. Don't bring out a new one that doesn't work. And sometimes, you know, the, the suggestions that this is quick or this is better, end up unfortunately showing that they were not necessarily a hundred percent truthful about it or that something didn't quite happen um in the final product that isn't quite as good but the the the, the person the punter the athlete out there sometimes has to juggle that and yeah. i think that's the yeah, difficult yeah. thing is to say yeah did you really do you really you said like you know you you'd be kind of told you so i i don't like the told you so no. i like the yeah. No, not I told you so. This is all I know. Yeah. And that's it. So I'd rather know stuff and be able to say, but um, there are a lot of things I don't know about and I cannot do. But in order to absorb information from different sports, I think you've got to have a sense of being able to, to look at things and sometimes be able to see when that's too good to be true. I've yeah. got to be so convinced before I say that that... I would rather not say it and keep it back until the point where I'm confident or actually say... I don't think that's going to do it. I think that's somebody... And I've had two products approach me at a certain point over the past month trying to sort of say, what do you think of this? Do you think this is really great? And I'm really kind of at arm's length to say, I don't really want to have to say to somebody, where's the absolute evidence? Because if they haven't got it, they're, they're, you know, they're, their whole kind of psyche and world and stuff like that can start to be like oh, yeah, we haven't got evidence we've got loads of people say it works and stuff like that and i think you've got to have some evidence and some sense of being able to say i can try things and i think i think listeners should try stuff and should put somebody's wheels on or try a certain swim drill or do something and say give it a try because it might click yeah and if it does that 
that openness, which kids have got far more than adults to try things. And if they fail, OK, it was worth a try. But adults can sometimes be a little bit too, look, I need 100% proof That's right. before <laughs> I'm going to go for that marginal gain. Now, what about if we can be fairly certain and therefore it's better than saying we haven't got a clue but hey it's a lovely colour you know if you can be fairly certain yeah. and enough people and enough people in the know give you the nod and go yeah they're good they are and then you start realising that the good people are on certain things and doing certain things and that's what they do and they seem to be fast great but that won't necessarily be an exact brand but it may be a certain concept that's across several brands yeah you know what's going to happen. Someone will listen back to this in 10 years' time and go, effectively, what Joan Crocker have done there is just literally speak in tongues. Well, they've gone, you know, because someone knows that something's happened with some, something. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. But, yeah, no, you're right. You are right. And an educated guess sometimes isn't enough, mm. is it? It's not enough, really. Not with the information that's out there now. Well, no, no, no. But it's, when you say an educated guess, an educated assessment of what anybody can get hold of. And you can get hold of a certain amount of info. Yes. And then you can drag up tons of information that just becomes information overload. Load, yeah. And then you realise, you know, there are certain um, opinion makers and certain places where they will put things to the test and you kind of believe what they say pretty much they yeah. get most things right um and after a while yeah these things trend and certain yeah certain brands probably and certain products that work might be more expensive but that's why they're expensive because there's been r&d and because they work why give away something that's super fast for hardly anything. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, doesn't work, does it? it might sell a lot of them, but at the end of the day, if it is super fast, it probably has quite a lot of R&D in yeah. it. And there's there's very few dead simple products that could be made so cheap that somebody else wouldn't be able to do it, um, if somebody else could do it. And then you just say, yeah, but that's the same as that one. I think eventually good products and good investment in your kit, in your training methods, in whatever, it just makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Um, you can, you know, you can quite easily jump on a bandwagon that is just flavour of the month and it doesn't really help somebody. And then, of course, they either get really... Um, defensive about it and and they'll 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 say always that oh yeah it works it works or they'll then think everything that says oh it'll give you two or three percent improvement they'll be very skeptical of it because they've kind of been hoodwinked That's by the right, one that yeah. didn't work yeah, yeah, and it is so difficult but if you make major changes in gradual increments you can notice that you've managed to get rid of the things that didn't work yeah. and what works for you and what you can afford and what ends up being for you a tried and tested thing that you try and get your own opinion out and just say, OK, yeah, I might have had, you know, this wetsuit rip or this tyre got punctured or these shoes fell apart and I'd only had them for three months. Some things like that happen, but you cannot slate that automatically you have to sometimes go yeah okay so nothing's perfect nobody can give me a hundred percent clarification and sometimes um it's nothing to do with the bike or whether you've got a great mountain bike gear system or, or whether you know you can run trails or not it's actually down to you mm. it's, and if you can't deliver don't blame it on you know that particular um that particular investment which was never going to be the reason why you did your iron man or how you manage to suss out your, like, you know, sportif and absolutely get it right. It won't be any one thing. It'll be a combination of loads of things. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Yeah, Shall we have first question? 
Go on then. Do you want to do it? Let me do it. You go for it. Go on. Right. I've got um, Paul Sill. Have you got that question? Look at that. We've got a question. That's good. You've got a copy. I've got a copy. Look at that. He's a uh, road cycling cat three. Uh, telephone number. Uh, no. Just <laughs> telephone number. So he says, um, now lads, great stuff as always. It's very nice. Thank you. What can you tell me about beta alanine? Uh, do you think that its properties can help raise lactate threshold? And is there anything else that this supplement will help promote? Uh, expensive, isn't it, if it doesn't do much? Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. So um, he's referring to beta alanine, which is generally a, um, a capsule supplement. Uh, various brands are out there. Um, it's technically called an amino acid supplement. Uh, it's in a less than um, highly physiologically complicated um, answer. That's what we like. That's what we like. <laughs> it basically, if loaded correctly, should allow the muscle to buffer um, detrimental high-intensity end products and allow you to work a bit harder. There's enough positive studies to suggest that it can work quite effectively. Uh, there are, I think, certain instances where it could be relevant because it gives people that last bit. But exactly the phrase you said, icing on the, the cake. cake. Yeah, yeah. So this, you know, ain't going to be the reason why you um, automatically do your, um, you know, sprint distance PB. Um, it's willpower, it's kit, it's transitions, it's, you know, it's temperature on the day. Is the course a bit short? I mean, there's loads of reasons why people can PB, and it may not be down to, oh, yeah, I've been on B2 it must be the best thing. Um, there are certainly pro triathletes and cyclists using it. Know that. Absolutely, from word of mouth, I know people are using it. Um, for most people listening, it's so off of your um, radar that it's just a phrase that you can let percolate, and you know you can do your you can do your um, zoning out bit now and talk to somebody for a couple of minutes because it's not relevant. It's just yeah. you know. Um, I don't even know what is that pot. Do you know? Do you sell that in the shop? No, you don't. Right. right. So there is a brand. That's, that we that's have. what I mean because yeah. it's so specific. It's so specific. You yeah. don't. You know. Yeah, not yeah. many people walk in and say you've got beta alanine. They might. No, he's do. out the back washing the bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Bucket of fish. I like that. Great. Yeah. Um, probably places like your Holland and Barrett's, your online yeah. shops. Yeah. People might go there and, and find it, but it's that top of the like last few ergogenics, and because it's, I think. It's because it's so specific in its applicable um, outcome um, area, I think for most people, there's loads of other places where if you're going to spend something nigh on, by the time you're loading up on this, you know, you're talking, it's going to cost you, just off the top of my head, you know, 30 to 50 pounds a month yeah. for, uh, a while, yeah. for a while, for a while. And it depends on the dose. Now, the dosage can be tweaked. So I know with certain triathletes, we've tweaked the dose because of their size is different to other people. But, uh, you know, is that 30 to 50 pounds in your pocket to start with? Are you already using, um, you know, enough um, energy products and quality carbohydrates in your diet? Have you got, you know, your, um, not even your five a day, just a high antioxidant fruit and veg intake? Are you... 
Um, are you looking at some of the obvious ways to improve, like recovery drinks straight after really hard races, so that you've got something you say, yeah, go back to the car, have me recovery drink? Because all that costs money, and this is another lot yeah. of money. It's, and it is one of those things that, again, people will go, yeah, yeah, you know, I've I've been taking this stuff, and 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 I I think I feel as though I've improved. But what you've got, again, bear in mind is the fact that you're. If you haven't done some some serious training there, I don't know what you want what you want this to do. What do you do? You want it then? Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't doesn't turn a doesn't turn a, a you know a, a pony into a thoroughbred. Ooh. You know, you still have to do that training. You have still got to get it right, and then you turn to yourself and go, right, I want to wring the neck out of out of this next race. You know, what do I need to what do I need to do? What do I what can I do to help? And I think the stigma of of Joe kind of rattling some pills, which again the stigma kind of around taking supplements is still kind of quite quite taboo. I think and even in this day and age, you know, where oh, yeah. where you know a, a, you know the the, the um, carbohydrate drink is a supplement effectively. You know, you're still you're still having to take it, even though it's it's just something that we probably all take most of the most of the time training you know i think there's still a bit of a oh i've got to go into the got to go into the bike shop and buy some or go into the health food shop and buy some more carbohydrate drink you know it's still a supplement so i think you can get rid of the stigma that's attached to all this stuff now. yeah, yeah. you know standing there shaking a pot obviously joe doesn't really help but there you go that isn't actually a pot of uh, beta aniline at all it's just one of joe's little maracas that he likes to keep in the uh, no, it's in the not. office no it's not no um <clears throat> um I think there's probably, uh, Paul, there's probably in the big picture, unless you've got, you know, a um, a very hefty wallet, you're already using, you know, like I've said, you know, specific recovery drinks, you're probably there for um, nitrate loading before key races, um, <clears throat> Yeah, you're reading completely the wrong bit of research there, Crocker, that up on screen. I know, I was just fault. looking at that, it's thinking that's wrong. <clears throat> it's my fault, but there's a there's a beta alanine one. Highly trained cyclists, effect of supplementation, and um, uh, basically they said four weeks of it um, resulted in worthwhile changes in time trial performance and short duration muscular force production. And these are highly trained cyclists, um, and they were they were yeah taking beta alanine. They measured their you know four minute test, and yeah, there was a you know there was a measured effect because they uh, did it in a manner to be able to see whether the placebo versus the actual um, train, sorry, placebo versus the beta alanine on these trained people gave them an effect. And there's other studies uh, that, that I've sort of picked up that to me, uh, there's, um, there's, enough, there's enough support that if somebody's got money and the other parts of the equation in place, then it could be another little one, two, very unlikely to be three percent, but it's a few percent. But if you're not already on your right carb drinks, recovery drinks, quality protein, sleep, blah, 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 um, there's probably other ways to make good use of your money. Yeah. Um, and you've got a way up, you know, where, where do you go for it? Some people, they'd rather say, oh, I don't like taking some supplements, but if I had the equivalent of for a two month block, 
um, hundred pounds. What should I spend? And like you said, could be the tires. Yeah, yeah. You know, it could be um, it could be somebody gets you know some advice on um, you know cooking better and eating better for 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 the same price from a cook that's an athlete. You know, that's come up recently. Somebody goes and has three massages over the two months. There's loads of different ways, and I I think with something like beta alanine, there is enough evidence. If somebody doesn't want to take it because they think it's, you know, veering off down the doping road, well, that's your personal opinion. It's legal. Um, it's used by pro cyclists and triathletes. I know I'm not quite sure about, but would expect that there are runners using it as well. Um, across various sports, there is this percolation of advice. So you can imagine that, you know, one person sp speaks to another across a different sport and they start saying, yeah, you can get that from, you know, from our sponsor. It works. Do this, do that. And it's not it's not illegal. It's legal. It is at a high level, you know, at a high level, 2 percent could be the difference between you know, podium or no podium. But. You don't take beta alanine, train for four hours a week, and suddenly you are, you know, the next, your next big, um, the next big name. But here is the big warning. So don't take any of this as you're just about to open that um, pot now, Crocker. Beta alanine has a weird effect that when you take it, approximately thirty minutes, hour could be a bit longer. You get like this tingly sensation. Um, it's often in like the fingers. It can be a bit like a goosebumps thing, but it can be a bit weird that people start sort of feeling. And if you're not very good at almost feeling a bit like out of control, that you start getting this tingly sensation, maybe even across the, you know, your back and other places. It's like a tingly sensation because of the effect that the beta alanine has when it starts to get absorbed. Um, the, certainly the version that Powerbar brought out, they changed the amino acid, um, uh, it's specific nature so that you don't get quite as bad a release. Some of the products that are out there that are very cheap versions, you get this really weird kind of, um, it's a bit like on certain B vitamins. If you take enough of them, you get this real tingly, like almost like pins and needles type of thing. a voodoo, <laughs> I like to call it. Have you, ever, have you ever heard it called that? You know, when, when someone goes, oh, someone's walked over my grave. I call it a quack a voodoo. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Thanks. That's right. Yeah, you don't have to laugh at your own jokes. No, I am hilarious in my mind. <laughs> Crack of voodoo. There's a new name I didn't know I was coming across. But, but, but that is all part of the kind of, you know, you're at the higher echelons of supplements and you don't have to think, oh, it's doing something weird, I'm tingling. But if you took it and nobody had ever said to you about, do you know you get a tingly sensation with it? You could start, I mean, some people would really start to freak out. Yeah. Uh, what we have um, seen with research is they found that you definitely get better absorption with the um with the beta alanine being taken with food so you're better to do that and i think it's quite um i think it's quite important to see that i'm really not um a big fan of certainly of this being seen as as broader supplement to use as some people you know um, beta alanine and your meal increases muscle carnosine. So this was research from uh, that's 2013. You know, they, they, yeah, they show it works. It did. Um, it, it did a you know um, a, a small uh, beneficial effect, but it's quite costly. And most people listening now, 
this point in time have not got the time to be specifically dosing out yeah. what they take and when they take it. And the more you see higher level athletes, the more that they know and they've got the time or they've got the time management to be able to put some time into saying, yeah, I take this supplement, that supplement, this one, you know, this one two hours after this one, this, this, and this. And they've realized that they've kind of got themselves far enough up the, um, uh, well, I can't show you that one. That's a, um, that bit of research. I can't show you that. No, it's all right. You can look the other way. Um, they've kind of got that there's a beta alanine one and sodium bicarbonate, adding the two things together. Um, so I think probably Paul, Yes, it does something, but you've got to watch that it's so high level. I would want to see that you're doing everything else. Yes, I was just about to say, if Paul, if you can honestly sit down and go, right, I've got the best kit. Now, this is where it comes down to. I've got the best kit that, that I can afford. Yeah. Not the best kit that's out there. Mm. The best kit that I can afford. Um, you know, I've done the best amount of training that, A, I can sacrifice other parts of my yeah. life slash yeah. um, work for, you know, um, I get the best amount of sleep that I think I can get. You know, I'm I'm well-rounded, which sounds awful. But, you know, if, if there's anything else there that you think, well, I haven't done so much high end, but, I, you know, I'm going to race fit, then, you know, that's that's fine. But if you can honestly turn around and say, yeah, I've got all this, you know, my, my nutrition's bang on as well, then, you know, there's like Joe said, 50 to 100 quid a month, roughly, as an idea, is a hell of a amount of money to pay out for you to then turn around and go, yeah, it was it was all right. But again, you know, do you take it with food? The, absorb um, the research shows that absorption is better taken with food. Um, but you have to take this stuff four weeks as a loading cycle, don't you? And then after that, it's three... It's well, half dose. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's half dose. So, you know... Weigh it up, I suppose, from that point of view. And if you can honestly hold your hands up and say, "Well, I'm going to give this a crack," then then go for your life. You know, yeah. you don't you lose money by it. You know, you might gain that extra kind of two percent, maybe three percent, if the weather's good, your tire pressure's right, the right tires. You know, the the race goes your way. And you know, Cat Three racing is is pretty fast and furious as well, especially when they kind of lump mm. you in with the mm. the ease ones twos as well. Yeah. So yeah, and. You know, and because you are a cyclist, the equipment can probably be seen as, yes, you've got the engine that's got to push the equipment, but you can buy performance. You can't always ensure that um, these supplements will necessarily give you performance gains. But it would, from the, from the generalised um, research um, kind of um, assessment of, of what goes on, it's probably... It's probably one to three percent at a stretch, mm. okay. Um, and it might be that you know we're going to learn more. There's different regimes. There's one just up on the screen there that how much they used per day, four, five, six grams per day, and you know the the science is probably solid enough that we can say it works. Over time, they'll be able to work out exactly how it best works but at the moment it works at a very high level and you may well be 
better at just ensuring that you know for for road racing that you know you use um you know caffeine you've got enough um you know kind of energy in the system at the point you start the race and you don't have to try and grab a bottle if it's absolutely hectic and that from each hard effort and from each hard session you use some kind of recovery drink or quality you know high protein um supplement to make sure that you're causing the genetic triggers and the rebuilding processes to mean that you gradually improve most yeah. of the time with beta alanine it just shows that as you improve um a one-off aspect your body's got better but they've not really done very long-term studies to say well if you stay on it for six months does it make a massive difference and if you were on it for six months that'd be quite a hefty amount of money um but good question and it is it is out there and it is potentially going to grab somebody's money from them um and some people you're just like actually there's a far more you know there's far more things you could do just in what you do when you walk out the door do you train properly or do you train incorrectly yeah. if you're training yeah. correctly it's not going to do anything you know um so good question that yeah, good question good. thanks paul um what's uh what's your next piece of paper then um i guess this is the um on Joe's website, so jbst.com, um, the 460 watt max test. Yes. That uh, that was done. Uh, that was done at the shop. Um, as the title says, watch, learn, and do it yourself. <laughs> well, can I be guaranteed 460 no, no, watts? No. Well, that's outrageous. Um, so uh, effectively, there's a max test on there with. Uh, with Joseph and uh, Blake as well, so um, Blake, poor lads, on there uh, sweating his uh, sweating his heart out there. So I'm glad you said heart. Thank, yeah. Thank. Uh, did you panic? Yes, <laughs> yeah, I did at that point. Right. Yeah, I panicked. Um, but there was a good question raised by um, David Spencer. So yeah. he says, yeah. um, and if you want to see that video, by the way, if you go to jbst.com, um, click on advice. And then under that, you've got the, the podcast, the newsletter, the videos, the keynotes, the magazine stuff and books. Um, under videos, it's um, there's, there's three max tests, actually. There's a couple with Steve Sage. And there's um, at the bottom of that list of videos, there's a 460 watt max test. And that's just below the um, Scott Neard, the interview done at the Tri Show. So the question raised from... David Spencer was a uh, question. Joe, in my case, due to swimming, running mainly, sorry, swimming slash running mainly, my max heart rate is quite high, 201. I understand it should be 10 beats for biking max. Yeah, I'm um, not, not quite sure what that means, but we'll, we'll get to the end of it, yeah. Um, still, if I did this test, I would be nowhere near my supposed cycling max heart rate. I guess what I'm trying to say is aerobically... I should be able to push considerably harder than I can, but the legs say no. Would you need more cycling-specific training to get the two back in line, um, the back in line heart rate and power? Yeah. So what what he's asking, which um, I get what he's asking, but it's to to put it into a context that everyone else fully gets it is. There's quite often a case when people have got high max heart rates. He's got 201. And he says it should be about 10 beats below no, that yeah. for his bike max. So, sorry. So, he says, I understand minus it should 10, be minus 10, 10 beats. Yeah. Sorry, yes. So, he's looking at like 191. And he can't get to that. So, you know, um, should you be able to push harder? Um, if the legs say no, um, would psycho-specific training, you know, get the heart rate nearer to the run heart rate and swim? 
Now, one of the reasons why you sometimes get higher max swim heart rates is yes, you've got to be trained at doing it, but also you're horizontal often when you do um, clearly a max test swimming because you're horizontal and it's easier for the body to pump blood horizontally so there is a, the thought that somehow there might be it might be easier to kind of like push the body harder when it's horizontal because the blood flow is not so compromised as pushing it up and down okay um, you've got to take your numbers that you know and sometimes people assume that, you know, 201 that they've got in, say, running, oh, that must automatically be on my swimming. And they've never produced it, but they just assume they must be the same. They're so individual, and people's training backgrounds is so individual that you've got to take into account how much real-life data, both at maximum and at sustained effort, how much does that actually point towards your max being a certain number? Because if, say, he's got 201 for max running i would expect therefore for a 5k race that he is holding around 178 to potentially about 184 185 now if that's backed up by a really hard effort that that backs up those numbers great that run data that you presumed from the swimming 201 is correct with the bike if you can't get the heart rate up that high then firstly you have to adjust your zones because you can't get your heart rate up that high um and i know um dave spencer he's done time trials so in time trials if he's going flat out and he is because you can see him coming the other way yeah, going that's flat right. out, yeah, yeah, yeah. um the number you would typically uh, imagine that somebody does for 10 miles is it's going to drift slightly up but they're probably holding anything from about 86, 87% to potentially 92, 93. Okay, you don't max out in a time trial or you'd veer off and cycle into the people watching. So you're not going to hit max because you can't. You might hit max in a turbo actual max test. So Dave, there's one option, come and do a max test and you might find some extra beats. On the road, he might not be able to seriously control the bike and push hard enough. Some people just can't actually do those two things at once. So they're limited almost by their capacity to effectively push the bike in a straight line. But if you've got a certain number for your, say, 10 mile effort, if you divide that by a guesstimate 0 0.88, 0 0.89, that will then work out roughly what your max is. And if that's different to the run and the swim, firstly, adjust your zones. But secondly, maybe you do need to do specific stuff. Maybe your legs are not strong enough to push your heart. Maybe you just cannot push it. And there's always a sense that I think that um, his build is quite upper body orientated. He's quite a, a big you know, upper body. He looks triangular. He's got big shoulders and he's got yeah. like a, a swimming physique. So it may be that swimming, he can push his body hard because of his background in, I'm assuming he, he's done more swimming because he looks that shape. Um, perhaps he hasn't. But if your running is perhaps something where you can push yourself hard because it's quite a simple thing to run. Running mm. hard is, is difficult, but there's not too much of a skill base. But biking wise, if he hasn't, you know, quite literally always been on a bike, he might find one of the difficulties in biking is just his legs are not used to pushing hard enough um, and gaining the strength required to push his, his super fit cardiovascular system. He just cannot push his system. So is it legs or is it lungs? Mm. And in this case, you'd say maybe your legs just cannot push your lungs or your heart hard enough. And therefore, don't worry, you can't get to the same number. Yeah. 
just make sure that if you've never seen a number, don't assume that number's there because then you will you will always push your zones higher than they actually they are. Need to be. Yeah. And we know, you know, max test indoors always gets higher heart rates than outside. Time trial on your own. You won't get as high numbers as if you're trying to follow somebody in a time trial doing a two-up or in a group ride where you suddenly start chasing one another. And don't underestimate the amount of times that a maximum heart rate comes from some disturbance out on the road. In force, yeah. Out on the road, you get a number and people just assume that that was their max. Yeah. And you say, what were you like? Oh, yeah, it was quite fine, but it suddenly reached 226. It's like, well, that wasn't your heart rate then. That was just a, a brief yeah. a brief bounce of data. Um, and it's, I think it's quite... Um, there was another guy that added on to that and he said, um, quite interesting, he said... Um, uh, hi Joe. I currently do uh, currently test by doing thirty minute stationary trainer time trial. Should I be doing this instead, and why? And I think he's asking, you know, should he do a you know this max test, the the max test that we show um, on the uh, website? Should he do that instead of his time trial? Well, people rarely do max tests that often. I mean, uh, why? Number one, why? Yeah, no, well, why? well, we know why, but yeah. but why? Yeah. Yeah. It also takes you into a completely different realm where you've gone to um uh you know if this person let's say they're a cyclist they do a 30 minute stationary trainer time trial probably not a cyclist because not many cyclists talk about stationary trainers do they it might be i'm just thinking you might be a triathlete because there's a running picture as well um a 30 minute time trial is nearer to a type of challenge that a triathlete or cyclist does anyway Mm. a max test is a very a very different type of scenario you know it gets to hard it gets to really hard it gets to um you know interval level and then it goes beyond that and a lot of people aren't used to that last five to ten percent because they push themselves at threshold and think it's quite hard work they push themselves over threshold and realize blimey there's a there's another five percent there in a max test there's more again yeah and maybe some of the some of the difficulty in max tests is that people are just not prepared to put themselves through it um and watch steve and watch blake and you'll see what max tests are like and they hold it together very well but a lot of people are just not used to pushing themselves that hard i think the 30 minute stationary trainer time trial is a good thing because ultimately you can do that and if you're measuring like for like as you get fitter you'll see that improve yeah and it's like a race as a max test you rarely see unless somebody's had some really um detrimental deconditioning or some amazing problem with their their blood or their health or whatever you you don't see people change their max that much so so to go back and retest and say okay max test is one beat lower and you've got you know three watts higher you'd be like that's the same test yeah (laughs) you've just done the you've just done your hardest effort for no real gain in knowledge whereas a time trial i give you are you better at pacing did your you know did your um did your efficiency improve compared to last time? And if it's stationary trainer, it might be useful for you. But, you know, you're racing outdoors. So do stationary trainers as, as benchmarks, but also get out on the road yeah. and, and do a time trial if you can. If not, do a, a safe course that you can do and know that you can race and be in a, a safe and more more fitness-based test of your ability rather than can you risk roundabouts and junctions to get faster. Yeah. Um, the the beauty if you've got a stationary trainer is let's hope it's got you know 
power on it or you can measure power because you can do set power workloads 100 watts 150 200 250 just see whether you're fitter because mm. if you're fitter in theory from winter to summer if you get fitter you'll be time trialing better as you go from summer to winter if your efficiency gets worse you don't have to go back and try and max test to see whether you're going to cling yeah. on to your fitness no you won't be as fit believe you me don't try and do it so the max is a so different type of scenario if you do it make sure you get the most from it get somebody to help you and whatever numbers you get that's your numbers you can go back and try and prove them wrong if you really did have a bit of a you know a bit of a a, a build-up to it that was wrong and some people do do actually do it and say oh yesterday i didn't do what you said i didn't rest and therefore i've got to do it again but it's not going to be 150 watts, 200, 300 watts away, is it? No, really? Because if, no. if that's as hard as you can go, that's as hard as you can go. You know, you might you might scrabble a couple more watts back from it. but yeah. I don't think I've even seen amazing changes at max across people. Um, when people have had the, a really diabolical um, uh, sort of protein intake, possibly, possibly they've been very early into training they've come from possibly a running background and they haven't got the strength they can learn how to you know how to get stronger and pushing the pedals but somebody like Dave Spencer he's not a, a weak cyclist no you know he's a strong cyclist but um, it may be that in certain cases people can never just never produce any more watts that's your watts so it's even more important to make sure that you do use your zones and if you're lucky, use power to get the most out of your training. Get your base stuff done at the right level. Get your intervals done. Pace judge your um, your time trials to get absolutely everything out of yourself. And if you're taking these into multi-sport, which both of these people, based on their pictures and based on their backgrounds, both of these people are taking their biking into a triple sport scenario so you're never biking at your limit anyway no, you're no. biking below it to be able to run at your best and that little bit of power difference little bit of effort difference is amazing because the amount of times you get people to back off that small amount it doesn't affect their bike time massively but they run like they've never run before yeah, and it's like it. you know what that's the hardest thing because you've got to realize it's not about the bike it's about using the information on your training and on your pacing to get to the transition area two, T2 as they call it, as efficiently as possible and quick. Yeah. But not quicker than you can do, quick. But how, how many times have, 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 have we or you, Joe, have set out a plan for someone and they've gone, right, I'm doing a half Ironman. You know, this, this is knowing their power output, etc., etc. You've just gone, right, ride at this. And then when you get onto the run, you know, you'll then have... You know, yeah. relatively fresh legs as, yeah. as far as you can, um, and then see how your run goes. And the amount of people that I've spoken to that have gone, well, I've set this target, so I stuck to this target. How did you get on your run? I had one of the best runs that I've had for a long time. And you're just like, that. right. So, what did you think initially when you got on the bike and started riding? I thought, I thought it was a bit easy. Yeah. yeah. And you then kind of look at them, and then all of a sudden the penny drops, and then they kind of go, oh, right, yeah. You know, we all want to get on the bike and burn past people. You know, that, that is just pretty much what you live for and to run past people. But it's almost, unless you're an exceptional athlete, you almost have to choose one to mediate and, and one to speed, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, and the amount of times I have just gone, 
So how did you find your power, your average power output? Mm. Was it bang on? Mm. Yeah, with within kind of 10 mm. watts. Mm. How did your run go? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Best run I've had. Right. And how yeah. easy was yeah. it when you thought you first got on the bike? Yeah, I thought it was a little too easy. Yeah. So what you didn't do was then go hard. Think, oh, I'm going to have to ignore this. I'm going to have to go hard. Mm. And then think on the run, sweet Lord, what have I done? Yes. You know, where you've just dragged your feet around because you've been so tired. So And it depends on the distance because yeah. in... Particularly for those that don't know multi-sports, it's very difficult um, to, to pace yourself because on a bike you can go so quickly and it feels easy to go hard. And on the run, um, it can feel um, so hard to even be moving at an easy pace. And exactly opposite of what you've said, um, it's happened, it's, we're kind of in half Ironman time now. Lots of people doing them and you know, said to one person, this is the number, did the race, went 24 watts too hard on the bike i think it was or thereabouts and over half iron man that's that's wrong yeah i mean that's going from you know being controlled pace to almost being at the limit um yeah bike time went well what happened on the run oh, i had to walk jog the last four miles because i totally cramped up and seized up it's like there you go right there and it took them a while and eventually they actually said the reason why they went too hard on the bike was Less about their pacing and more about they couldn't actually read the device to see the numbers. <laughs> right, and they well. tried to sort of guess it and occasionally look at it. And then, it, you know, it was almost like despite all the technology and the investment in the power tap and the, if you like, everything was there. But they had to admit to themselves after the race to realise why it went wrong was their eyesight. And their eyesight was the, was the limiting factor. And that actually now they can see it, they can pace it. But... There's still that nagging doubt with people. Yeah, I wonder if I could have got there quicker to T2. And after a while, you realise your best races are getting to T2 efficiently and quick, but ready to do your best run or one of your best runs. Because you can't get to transition area and then run downhill and say, it was so easy from the transition. Particularly if you're talking about a scenario of running a half marathon. Yeah. Because the you know the benchmark survival average punter um, not you trained athletes, but the average punter thinks that if they can do a half marathon in under two hours, they're quite fit. And of course they are, because they're not a runner. They just want to get round. That's yeah. six and a bit miles an hour, you know, and they get round. Um, they're not, you know, they don't automatically say, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to break 120. It's a half marathon. You know, they're not, they're not trained. They're not super light. They just get round. So when people are in a triathlon, to run under anything under sort of 140 is, is moving a bit. Under 130 is definitely going, and under 120 is just phenomenal. So most people probably accept they're going to be running 1 hour 40, maybe 1 hour 50, and some of them know in two hours. If you go too hard on the on the bike, I mean, one, one person, it was phenomenal. I think they, they took something like... Um, 45 minutes for the last two miles. And I kid you not, <laughs> yeah. they were absolutely in bits. Um, and some of it relates to different things that are happening physiologically when you start going up to the four and five and six hour point. But it also comes down to the fact that you must, across most of these sports, from doing um, Marmot Sportif to uh, Marathon de Saab to London to Paris, whatever it is, you've got to pace yourself perfectly because if you dig yourself into a hole, you cannot automatically expect your body's going to just, you know, be able to keep you going 
come what may yeah there are certain fatigue things that will cut in it'll be you know glycogen starts to be a limiting factor or if you're going a very short distance thing lactate starts to build up and shut your muscles down and there's all these things and the silly thing about pace judgment is so many people just sort of they know they're doing it wrong and yeah. they carry on but they can't and, stop and, and, yeah. they, and you know and if you give somebody a best guest assessment you say you can try and prove me wrong, but I reckon it's this number. There are very few people that come back saying, oh, no, you were 50 watts out. It's the ones that come back and went, oh, I went 20 watts too hard and that didn't work. Because you can almost work back from, from power knowledge, a bit like heart rate, and say, I reckon it'll be this. And it's very rarely different. And it's not to say you can predict, you know, you can say to somebody, you can do 10 miles. We know where you're at. You're going to do 188 watts for that 10 miles prove me wrong they'll do it do 187 and go yeah i'm kind of at where we think we are yeah and they won't do 288 that's their level but the fact that if they're doing 198 they know they're really going well and if they've only got up to 178 hold on a minute you're 10 watts off mediocre you're 20 watts over what you should do we've got to look at what your yeah. what your plans are but so, do, you, do you think another thing as well with, with what leads to this um this kind of um sometimes pushing a bit too hard is the fact that people's targets are so massively out as well you know in if, what way if, if they're not for instance if they're not working with a coach do you kind of look at it and go right i'm doing a sub nine hour iron man you know, you then have to work out what you need to be doing. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to be realistic with yourself and going, right, you know, am I swimming at this rate? Am mm, I running mm, at this mm, rate? Am I, you know, riding at this rate? You know, the distance, oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to take into account that if you want to do these 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 quick times, you know, are you... Or even just be quicker yourself. Yeah. Are you, have you set yourself an impossible goal? This mm. is it. And is that the reason why you push so hard yes, that yeah, you have to go yeah, bang? Yeah. Because... After having a little bit of knowledge of somebody, you know, what they can do in a certain discipline or, you know, or a max test or what their background is, I could probably profile somebody and say, I don't reckon you'll do any quicker than this, this or this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because there's certain, you know, physics there that just say you can't do this, this or this. You know, you can't go sub nine. Yeah. Because you just say, look, do you know what that means in in kind of background and i can think of people that i know that have have done that you know at, yeah elite level but also at you know good age group level and you look at their um you know cyclists would call it their palmaire and you know um most people call it you know their their athletic cv you'd look at what they've got and you'd say blimey that's a, an engine and i would sometimes say to people you've got a good engine if we do this right you can get good times yeah but if somebody hasn't and they want to get somebody else's times you've got to sometimes almost sort of say well prove me wrong but i don't think you can do it or no i don't think you can do it but are you being realistic or are you setting yourself such an unbelievable task that don't matter whether you know your max power or your running heart rates or whatever if you're pushing your body at the right percentage this is how much it can get out and that's it there isn't you know there isn't an, another you know 25 percent if you train yeah, better yeah training makes a difference to your genes but training doesn't change your genes and if you haven't got the raw materials it isn't as though you know oh if everyone pulled their finger out they could all break you know 10 hours for ironman or nine hours for ironman no 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 no, no. certain people are born with absolute facets of physiological ability that you can't train yeah and they are hopefully if they're in the right place at the right time with the right guidance they're the champions we see crop up yeah and 
good age group amateur level athletes have got you know good good sort of backgrounds but there is a limit and there is a glass ceiling and and people sometimes don't like to hear that they think the limit is what they think they can do and it's like nah i'll measure something i'll look at something and can set a very very i think realistic but still attainable maybe at a stretch yeah but if somebody says an unrealistic goal you've got to almost sort of say so prove me what prove to me how you can do that based on your performances and unless they start stacking them up you just sort of say you can't do it because if you can't do it over i don't know a 10k or a half marathon it's not automatically going to happen in an Ironman, or if you can't ride a bike, you know, this quick up a certain climb, you're not going to be able to ride at this level at mountain biking, or you're not going to be able to, um, you know, do this particular performance. There's certain things yeah. that people start slotting into a pecking order, and you cannot say, oh, it's all about willpower, I'm going to jump ahead. And I've seen something recently that I kind of saw where, you know, somebody was trying to, you know, um, uh, jump out of their pecking order way over and it's just it's a little bit comical because you kind of think don't think that the only reason why the rest of us aren't actually vying for podiums is just because we can't be bothered to do it most people are pushing themselves at or close to yeah. their limit yeah, yeah and most people's um you know not struggle but most people's quest is to try and find out what they're capable of but it isn't a case that you know smart training good nutrition good kit can push everybody up to the top echelons if you haven't got a good enough sports cv and those little glimmers of what i would call you know champion genes you cannot train them. No, you cannot no. just say, now, I haven't really done much, but you know, I fancy myself as a, as a first cat, possibly get into a, um, you know, get into a, a good sort of premier calendar, you know, cycle squad. I, I think I can train hard enough. And then, then the realities start to cut in that if some, you look at somebody's numbers and you know what they should be, or you know what their background is and where they're coming from, there's certain there might be people that surprise you because you don't know what their background is and they do something you go that's a bit useful do you know do you know how good that is and some people have been like that yeah. and said said so is that good i'm like that's good yeah. i d don't think you've got a you know a, a half a half um a sort of a, a half level engine that's good if you continue you know you'll get to such and such but it isn't to predetermine what people can do it isn't to say people can't get through an iron man or do Land's End, John O'Groats or such and such. But when you look at completing things, that is a doable endurance yes. trainability. When you look at setting certain, um, effectively certain numbers of, you know, calories per minute, call it watts per minute, call it certain amount of oxygen per minute, those things are pushing the engine at a certain percentage. And you cannot just say, oh, I'll make myself be able to ride at 30 miles an hour and I will break 20 minutes for 10 miles. I don't care what I'm going to do it because there's, there's certain restraints to say maybe you just can't do it. And you can see why that can create a slippery slope of even amateurs wanting to dope. 
because they will assume that if they take the right extra add-ons, they can make that big jump up to, oh, well, yeah, all the all the top people must be doing this because of that. And it's it's that slippery slope. After a while, say, look, you've, you've, either, you've either got it or you haven't. But yeah. even if you haven't got it, well, there isn't just a got it or haven't got it. There's a sense that most people are trying to work out how fast or what am I good at or what do I like doing. The fact that you might not be the best at it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because that cannot be the driving force only because there's always somebody better that will come along. Yeah. If you're good at being you, whatever you shine at will become apparent. Yeah. You know, and if you if you try to put yourself, oh, I'm going to be a champion tennis tennis player. You watch me. I'll do this. Or I'll do that. And it's like, it don't work like that. No. You know, that these people land in these certain areas and use your access data, use your technologies, listen to what people do, make an experienced um, kind of like leap into these sports based on other people's knowledge. But don't sort of, don't, don't try to set yourself, I've got to do such and such a level without having enough evidence and enough experience to say, oh, actually, half distance, I can do it this time. I reckon for full distance, I can do this or whatever. Because you cannot just push a human body to all produce, I don't know, 350 watts for 40 minutes or or um you know five minute miling for 13 miles or whatever the thing is you cannot just say oh just because they do it i must be capable of doing yeah. it yeah yeah that's you it. know and um everyone can have top equipment if they can afford it everyone can learn from the top information that's around there and everyone can you know tap into the nutrition type knowledge but what you can't necessarily tap into is the genetic predisposition the yeah. champions have got and that's just a that's just a sad fact of life we ain't all equal but the other way you can work it as well just to kind of add a little bit to this is you can you don't necessarily have to be the fittest you know obviously your genes are always going to have to play the parts but you can be a bit more clever with it as well yeah that's the thing because yeah. yeah. you know it's like going on i don't know going to a swim and just saying, right, this isn't my, you know, to, to a triathlon, the swim is not my strong point. So I am not going to smash the, you know, the doors off it, try and, you know, outkick people, use use certain, you know, energy sources that are going to leave, take me out of the water going, I went a bit hard there. You know, are you better off of thinking, well, you know, I'm racing with so-and-so from, from uh, the club down, to, you know, across the border. I know his swims roughly about the same as mine. I'm going to sit in behind him, um, you know, her, use it, use it as a bit of a, a pacing session. You know, I think you can be clever and make up for a little bit of that lack of either AB, you know, either race fitness or, um, you know, maybe your sporting prowess isn't as superior as certain other people. But you can also twist that round and kind of use a bit more intelligence with it as well. So, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and the, you know, the thing with... Um, uh the thing with potentially um i guess you know potentially we're trying to find your limit is if all things come together you know you you're on the right mindset you've got the right equipment um you you know you apply yourself yeah you apply yourself without making any excuses without trying to think it's going to happen by by luck you just get on with it uh, the, the the really interesting thing is is where is that um where is that limit whereabouts can you uh can you you know you can never put it down to a particular um supplement 
wetsuit, no. swim no. drill, bike interval, whatever. It's the accumulation that good athletes have been doing it for a fair amount of time and gradually chipping away at it. Yeah. And if you get frustrated, if you set yourself um, a, a really kind of a, almost a really unrealistic uh, goal with which to um, try and attain. You just put pressure on yourself yeah, that can't happen. Yeah. And um, there's, there's certainly, um, you know, there's certainly a sense that after a while people do slot in. If they get things right, they start to slot into their, you know, their particular um, sort of, I guess, pecking order that's it that's, that's the way it's um, always going to be this so is, um, it's good we're just actually in the background looking at, <laughs> looking at a series of results and there's there's you know we can see people have improved and people that have changed their kit i can see somebody there yeah, particularly yeah, yeah. changed the kit said what well, i should change that do this do that and you know and despite quite a few years under their belt actually improving to a level where they're going quicker and quicker and it's it's nice i don't think you ever want to put you know, a solid ceiling on people's abilities that you never be this good, but there are certain physics, call it physiology um, equations that try and beat them. I don't think you will. There are certain um, facets of ability that are there. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're not the best. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm a coach that doesn't want people to aspire. I do, but I'm also a realist and I don't want people to be putting so much pressure on themselves. Yeah. Because somebody said the wrong thing to them about what they think they are capable of, and they get they get it out of context, or they somehow think that you know just because they do win X or Y or Z that somehow you know it's going to be a completely different world the next day. I think you you've got to do it for intrinsic values that still are great to get the most out of yourself and to think there's so many reasons to get in the way, and sometimes they do get in the way. But if you can chip away and and you know be it be it. Be at peace with yourself, yeah. but get good races. Some people aren't. There are quite a lot of very good athletes that are tormented. Absolutely, I, I will, I will, I will say that and and be be thinking of of certain people I've known in the past that absolutely they are almost you know their their racing is almost they're racing themselves to just to a point where they don't enjoy it no and they don't you know they even if they went fast they would still want to be faster and they still aren't happy with themselves you gotta put it down think about what that time is at the end of the day and be able to live with yourself that's it and not sort of think oh, if I went a minute quicker I'd be a completely different you know I'd be on a different planet to everyone else and, and it's not like that and the 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 interesting thing is is to drill down to why is why is somebody um um kind of improving kind of liking it and wanting to go back because if it's that you want to win all the time well you got a shot because one day you're not and then what do you do? You know, do you throw your toys out the pram? Do you jump sports? Do you say everybody else must be doping because you're 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 good, but other people are beating you? Or do you actually go that person? That person's gone to a a higher level. Perhaps they're doing something really good that is that is effective that I can I can sort of tap into. Or perhaps they're the motivator to say, I wonder how close I could get to them. I may not beat them, and I can't be them. That's the key. You can't be somebody else, but maybe they can they can make me think even more about it is humanly possible to do it. Maybe I can do a bit better. 
you know maybe i can just tweak what i do and i and i like you know i don't like to see people's times gradually drop but sometimes there's an honesty in what you get with with, yeah. with certain times there's certain things that um mm. you know people improve a bit they start going nearer to where they want to be and they're not quite on it as much as they've been last year or two years ago but if you stop just because you're not quite getting it right in the next race, you won't have many races. No. You've got to learn from your experiences and, um, you know, you've got, you've got to take all of it, put it together and think, what's this, learn, what's this learning experience and learning journey actually going to help me do? Not just be able to you know, run fast or drop off some ungodly descent on a mountain bike downhill, whatever it is. It's kind of like, what does it do for you? Because yeah. I've noticed the people that get the most out of it, the moment they stop doing their sport, they're still quite, you know, they're still quite at one with themselves and they like what they do. And, and yeah. it's it's a part of who they are, but they don't, you know, want to literally it be their all defining thing. You know, it can't be the only reason, particularly when unless you're a star of stars and you're a. You know, a Chrissy Wellington or a Roger Bannister or a Michael Johnson, you know, they defined sports at a certain time. And it must be quite difficult when they don't define that sport, but they've gone to a level that nobody else has. But everyone else, we're just sitting at the bottom looking up the looking, looking up the looking up the kind of like the tree going, wow, what what must it be like to be at the top of the tree? Um, and the important thing is you don't sort of give up the moment that it starts going, you know, slightly pear-shaped because the people that are at the top have had pear-shaped happen to them 101 times yeah and every time they they go back and go what can i do to help that who's gonna put my body back in order what kit did i get wrong what things did i you know um did i try that worked or try that didn't work um and the the you know the the funniest thing that i have is when somebody can laugh at their performance because they can see the errors they've done and they can live with it. Because it's really funny, but it's really horrible when somebody, you know, makes out that it was so important that it that it happened and it, and it didn't happen and it was bad and it was like, it's like, okay, get over it. You know what? It, the sun came up. You still had to go to work Monday this or is it. Yeah. whatever. And, 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 and if it, if it really digs at you, you're not getting out of it what you could. If if it challenged you and it made you, you know, go, oh, it's a complete mumpty. I didn't, I didn't even do my recce. I didn't even really do know what I was doing. I completely mucked it up. And some people just laugh at it. And you know, in some of the scenarios, um, I, I just, I just have a nice conversation with people about afterwards. They're just laughing and go, okay, I'll put that one down to experience. But it's when it's a bit too serious, you kind of think, nah, don't, don't do that to yourself. Because you wouldn't have changed your income. No. You wouldn't have changed your life dramatically. And we've all got to keep learning. And the other thing as well is, is when you, you must get this, but when you talk to people and you kind of go, so what did you take from it? And they just went, well, I've had a bad race. Yeah, but what, yeah, what yeah. did you take from it? And then they kind of go, well, yeah, I know. I know I shouldn't have done this. Or maybe the night before it would have been earlier to, to bed, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But like, well, brilliant. That's, that's the kind of three quarter, quarters of the way there. Yeah. One, don't ever let it happen again. But you've learned something from it. If you just go, oh, I don't want to talk about it. You're just like, well, you're not going to take anything from it, are <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So, and so. so we want, as we're in the middle of the season, we want people to send, <clears throat> excuse me, your emails, Twitters, do it through the Facebook page, do do whichever means you want. But 
kind of do your you know this this was not just the funny things that happened because uh, that's all right but the the kind of like i can see the better part of what went on looking back on it now actually that would be quite good for for the next podcast is to is to get people podcast, to send, podcast. Where are you from? um just you've been over the border this morning fun, no but i have been over the border uh at the weekend right. um but the best we should get people to to either tweet in or uh email in just to brief the worst mistakes that they've made because as funny as it may sound to them and other people, it's probably mistakes that people have made mm. or people are going to make. Yeah. So it'd be, I think it'd be quite good just to go in the worst mistakes that you've made, either A, transition, B, kit-wise, mm. you know, nutrition-wise, pacing-wise. You know, some people might have said, well, I got out of the water and was so tired, but I needed to have just, a 10-minute ten, ten lie-down. Not just triathlon, people yeah. that are, you know... Um, I don't know, could be sportive riders or time trialists or runners or whatever. I'm trying to think of what, what would be my worst case scenario. God, it's got to be a few of those. Yeah, I... At night before a race that I had been training for for a year, it was only going to be my second triathlon, there were so few around, and I played football the night before and twisted my ankle. <laughs> and I was great in the swim, I was great in the bike, and I had to hobble the run. Did you? And I absolutely, I learned so much about look after yourself. Because, of course, as you taper, you have lots of energy. So you go and see your friend who starts saying, oh, oh yeah, let's have a kickabout. And, of course, the you know, night before you race, you, you twist your ankle and that's it. But it sort of, you know, don't do anything you, you shouldn't do just before yeah. race. And actually playing football for a triathlon isn't really, you know, that good an idea. But I do remember that, and it was one of those very early things that it just made me... Not wrap myself up in cotton wool, but think don't do things you're not used to doing See, just before race. This you know? is exactly it. Yeah. I did exactly the same. It was one of must have been one of my first tries that I did down in Bath. Actually, I was staying in Bath to go to uh, Gloucestershire to, to do a try there. And I thought the night before, I thought I I bought a load of nuts with me, so I thought I'll just just eat a couple. Of course, I sat there watching telly, thinking oh, I'm just resting up. Shoveled loads in. Come the end, I was asleep. I must have woken up at about probably two o'clock in the morning with horrific stomach ache just thinking to myself what's happened here all i honestly all i'd ate was really nuts and just drank a bit of water and it had just sat in my stomach now bearing in mind you'd normally take a little handful wouldn't you eat it but i just did i had like a big pack and unfortunately it just it was just to and fro from the toilet all night until about six in the morning when obviously the guys that I was going with, they all got up and I was just sat there staring at the wall. And they went, what's the matter with you? And I said, I've made a monumental boo-boo and told them about it and couldn't race. I just kind of got there and just went, I was so tired. No matter what I ate or drank then, I just, I physically could not pick my feet or my legs up or my arms up. So just had to write it off. But yeah. Never eaten nuts again the night before, not in that quantity anyway. But you just you you get that, and then we've you know everybody else has done it where they've pumped the tire up in mm. transition and or pumped it up in, as they were leaving home because they didn't want to take kit, mm. left it in the back of the car, it's gone bang, going down the motor over the sun on it, etc. etc. But I think know. the ones to the ones to um, not only to tell us about, but for people who don't want to tell us about it but can get something from it, the the ones to most kind of focus upon and think about are the ones where it wasn't just funny it was actually something where you learn a big lesson that kind of you uh, you have that whole situation where some lessons you've got to do something wrong 
in order to get it shoved into your silly head yeah. that what you were doing was wrong. And the football thing was kind of it was kind of wrong, but it it didn't really you know it was kind of like a silly it's a silly thing to do, but it wasn't something where. Um, I don't know, like a pace judgment error or a silly nutrition error yeah. whereby the the lesson can be almost seen as, yeah, I did get that wrong based on the fact that, you know, it was it was it was just it wasn't even on plan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the ones that you because the football thing wouldn't have normally happened in 99 times out of 100. It's just an accidental kind yeah, of like, yeah. oh, well, yeah, oh, you got, oh, yeah, let's start doing it. I wouldn't normally on a Saturday ever play football. So, um, because I would be, you know, it was Saturday night, you're out with your mates, you're not actually playing football at that point. Yeah. So, I think it's the hardest ones is the one, it's the one where you have to admit to yourself, I got that wrong. And yes, it was a complete error of, my ability to to think straight yeah and, and but i think also you have to give yourself some credit when you we make these adjustments or you've made a boo-boo mm, um mm. and one thing that kind of sticks in my mind is i always look at the kit i've got um and i went up to uh castle coombe to do the Giraffon. yeah monster the no. monster monster went up to do run, the monster run two bike 10 run two bike 10 run two yeah um and went to do it getting my kit out of the car now Number one, it's on a racetrack, so some of it's quite open. I've been there before anyway, um, but there was a local person coming back from from HQ swearing and cursing. I was thinking, I thought, oh, well, maybe I can offer him a hand if it's. I said, you know, what's the issue? Well, I've bought deep section wheels and and discs. It's blowing a gale. You know, I phoned up and asked if it was windy up there this morning. Shall I bring different wheels? Well, Common sense would say, bring it all then, if that's the case. You know, overload yourself with it if you want. If you're, if you're confident that you can handle the bike in the wind, fine, do it. And it was really windy. Um, but don't stand there and blame the race organisers, because, you know, you phoned up in the morning, they've looked at the windsock and gone, no, it looks all right. You know, and you've turned up with all your deep aero kit, and you're going to spend most of your time being blown across the, uh, across the, the straits up there. You know, use a bit of common sense. Bring go right. I'm happy with the front wheel, or uh, I'm happy with the disc rear. I'll take take a different front wheel. You know, mm, so yeah. you know, give yourself and not a... blame other people for your inability. For your short, yeah, for or your short... or um uh or like if you're doing fifty mile time trial and I don't know, you get a puncture and somebody I don't know, you hand somebody your I don't know, let's say a Victoria pit stop and and you say to them, oh, can you mend it for me and um and they get it wrong for you. Mm. Still won that though, and you'll 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 never win that, will you? <laughs> forty six miles I did. Yes. I won a fifty mile time trial against Joe Beer, and I only did forty six miles. <laughs> so you couldn't have won it. I must have done. You got to go to the turn, okay? Dude, I was I was that close to going. I'll be back in a minute, Joe. And I was going to ride to the turn and come back. But as a good Samaritan, I rode back, got my car, picked you up. Yeah. So it was almost short, yeah. just shy of a hundred miles, wasn't it? We did. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There, there you go. go. But you didn't technically win it because you did. No. You were DNF because you did because you didn't actually do the course. Still, still claiming that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, le- at least I admitted that I punctured and I didn't finish. But you said you won it, and that's. That, I told everybody that, I won it. That is so bad. <laughs> it was only me and you as well, wasn't it? <laughs> oh well. Yes. I, don't I know. You know, only me and you. So we literally only had to get through. And we got first and second. I still didn't do and it I DNF, And you got and you well. <laughs> You did actually get disqualified because you didn't yeah. make the distance. So neither yeah, of us right. actually finished. Well, well, there we go. Yeah. It's not. And by the way, it's not my biggest regret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever. 
Uh, we are quite a way um, through this. I reckon we're about like an hour 25. So um, thank you for listening. We do want those questions and stuff. Now we are in the season, I think it's quite good because the top end race equipment, race scenarios, this happens to me, you know, what do I do if I do this, this and this? It's all right to talk about it in November and December, but it, it it's sort of ahead of the, not only ahead of the schedule, it misses the point that then we've got to be talking about different things. Yeah. Now is the time, if you're listening to this, we only need a few lines. You don't have to give us an autobiography or a, a complete physiological breakdown. Just send us a, a scenario, um, a query. Uh, I did this, I did this massive boo-boo. What, what, you know, what I learned was this. Or I know somebody who did this, and they won't ever admit it, but I I know they did this, this, and this, and it was wrong. I've got a friend. I've got a friend. <laughs> yes, I've got a friend who who didn't finish a fifty mile time trial, but claimed he won it. <laughs> um, but do that. We're in the season. You know, it's it's June. Um, there will be a follow up podcast to this one coming in a very short time, which gives you some information um, live from. Uh, live from no recorded from um, which was live which was live at the time yeah, <laughs> yeah. we were live at the time uh, from um, Southampton University Wind Tunnel so leave you that little ditty I think it's been a good um, a good chance really to be able to go through the questions but also give you know give some meanderings to some of the things that people think about during racing which if we talked about them. Um, later on, we wouldn't have really been talking about anything more than just stuff that people say. Yeah, yeah, but that's not now. I, I, I want to, you know, I want to be talking about the things that, um, you know, that are relevant right now. And it's race season; you should be racing. So if it goes wrong, or if it's about to go wrong, and you think you should change something, drop us a question, and we will do it next we'll time. Do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, your contact through the um, coachjoebeer.com website, the Twitter feed also the Facebook page and if you can add your reviews and ratings at iTunes that would be much appreciated uh, I think I will finish off by saying remember train smart and have fun thanks Martin that was such that was that was just so so like smooth seamless mm. smooth mm. yeah okay ciao ciao Two, 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 one, two. Mm-hmm. Two, 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 one, two, two, two. <laughs> Put my nose right. Test, 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 one, two, three. Oh. Bah.